Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast that we're still working out a name for. We're, we're leaning to some some ideas. I think we've decided. <laughs> um, but with this, we we've just basically decided that our conversations uh, we've been wanting to archive for a long time, um, and finally decided that we're going to hit the record button and actually archive our conversations about video games and nerd culture and just anything else that comes to mind. Um, I'm Jeff, and of course we have John from My Brain on Games. How are you doing, yeah. John? I'm good. This is this is a July 23rd, 2022. It's a Saturday evening, yeah. and uh, are we going to go with the name that we were talking about pre-show? I mean, yeah, might as well. So, uh, so then I, I that think... makes this episode two of Just One More Podcast. Yeah, that's uh, for the most part. Like, it, it's just it's it's just such a, an an easy marketing tool, and yeah, this just... podcast is joining the Just One More brand of products you know and love. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 fives and tens of people who uh, watch the shows and and the streams and. Well, and um, if you if you subtract me, that means the fours and nines of people. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, but you know, you're you're a very important person. You 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 really you you are very heavy on that scale for for uh, uh, getting I'm the gonna, viewership up. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go edit my Twitter bio VIP. <laughs> yeah, that's a very important podcaster. Um, so. In the last uh, podcast, which is currently still being edited, which, you know, I had uh, various technical difficulties with another show, but still getting around to that one. Uh, but in that show, we talked a little bit about, well, I guess for the most part, the, the vast majority of the show was talking about our experiences and journeys through Elden Ring and just our different takes on what happened in that game. And I, I think I remember you mentioning that uh, someone that you follow or someone that, that you were reading up on said that Elden Ring kind of spoiled or ruined uh, gaming for them or something. Like, it, it just... Yeah, not... in, in one of the older uh, Giant Bomb casts, Tamor Hussein, uh, GameSpot okay. slash Giant Bomb employee, he was just talking about how uh, Elden Ring has ruined other games for him. Uh, and he's already... He was a huge Souls fan. Um you know, replays them, plays a ton of them. Uh, but Elden Ring in particular just, you know, ruined the idea and the joy <laughs> he got from playing other games. Uh, I kind of speculate, oh, I wonder if it'll be the same for me. I kind of knew it wouldn't be just because the way I um, digest games, I, I've i got a big collection, i got a big backlog. You know, gaming's the number one hobby over here. So yeah. there, there's still so many different types of games I'm interested in playing. So... Um. Well, I I can say that um, to an extent I can understand the yeah. oh like yeah how, I, mean, I I get what he's saying <laughs> um, because in the last episode I kind of talked about how I was going to get into Miles Morales and I was Elden I Ring kind of fell the, the fell in between that I was trying to find something that wasn't another Spider-Man game. I wanted something in between Spider-Man Remastered and Miles Morales and then Elden Ring ate up five months of my time and uh, well What happened? I I played about an hour and a half 
of, of Miles Morales. I was enjoying it. Everything was fine. And uh, Corey, my significant other, got me Stranger of Paradise, the Final Fantasy Origins game. Um, I'm a huge now, Final Fantasy play... fan. Yeah. Did you, did you play the demo for that again? I forget. Um, I played the first demo and did not like it. Um, played the second demo and it's like they had ironed out a lot of the, the issues that I did originally have with the first demo. Yeah, um, so I only, it, it, I only played the second demo, I guess, uh, you know, the most recent one, whichever one was out by the time the game came out yeah. and, you know, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's not a core Final Fantasy as we both know, but, yeah. um, hearing people talk about just like the absurd story and characters in the Final Fantasy <laughs> setting and then the yeah. gameplay being yeah. like, um, what team Ninja developed it. So it's like, I wouldn't say, you know, it's kind of like their take on the Souls game, but they already do Neo, which is their take on the Souls game. So it's basically <laughs> yeah. just you yeah. know, them adapting that formula to a Final Fantasy game. I mean, I well, I enjoyed the demo. I'm not coming with, like, the sort of Final Fantasy baggage that you're coming with. Um, so the gameplay is awesome. Like, I am really enjoying, like, the, the final product after, like, their updates and stuff. Much better than what the demos uh, showcased, which was very very nice i i knew going into it that the story was going to be uh is it the second crazy yeah isn't the second demo just the final product though um it might i well i think the the second demo was the final product up to launch but then they've had a bunch of like updates since then that kind of has continued ironing things out um because some another guy that i was talking to uh up at work was saying that they've just done a, a lot of updates since the release of, of the game and just fine-tuning a bunch of gameplay yeah, mechanics I think what, and some stuff. DLC just came out for it too, right? Yep, the, uh, the the Dungeon of Bahamut, I think is what it's called. Um, or Bahamut, depending on preferred pronunciation of that name. Yeah. How much um, time have you put into it since last week? I guess you, well, I guess you started it this week, so how much time yeah. have you put into it this week? I am about two hours in. Um okay. And the thing is, is that I'm having kind of that Elden Ring syndrome happening, because with Elden Ring, um, when you start the game, it just basically lets you play. You just go and roam, and you die, and you roam, and you die, and you just figure things out as you go. Um, Stranger of Paradise does not do that at all. Um, there are tutorials for tutorials there's windows popping up left and right you pick up an item it's like let's explain what a great sword is and by the way there's going to be a tutorial mission where you can learn what a great sword does i'm like i don't need all of this stuff i just want to play i just want to get in i just want to play and so i'm kind of feeling like i i i miss elden ring like i was ready to be done with it but at the same point I've I've also kind of reached, like, I wish Stranger of Paradise would tone down all of the tutorial stuff and the hand-holding because about an hour and a half of my two hours of playing has been tutorial, and, like, it hasn't really opened up. It hasn't really done anything in this in this time frame. And even... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like with, uh, you know, Skyward Sword. That was one of the big complaints of that, that game is, like, hey the first couple hours are basically tutorial and yeah. you know, it's kind of like, Hey, I've played Zelda games before. I know what I'm going to be doing. It's like with stranger yeah. paradise. It's like, Hey, I'm an, I, I know what's going on. Like, 
give me an option to skip this stuff. Yeah, and so it, it's like, I, for the most part, with like Elden Ring, throughout my entire experience, like up until I finished the game, I was still figuring out things that I was like, oh man, I wish I knew this a hundred hours ago. Um, and but with, and that's that's in keeping with Souls games, like all the lore. Yeah. You know, they they yeah. go, they almost go to like lengths not to explain stuff. I yeah. I always remember like seeing the Souls games from afar. Like one of the things that always stuck with me is the fact that yeah, you know, they don't really explain. Like the story's not really like overt in a lot of ways. A lot of it's like reading the description of just random items, and that's the same yeah. in Elden Ring. I mean, you go like read the description of some items, and you get this lore about this character or this event. It's like oh, that. I mean, I don't really need that in this you know, item, but that makes me understand like one little facet of this world a little better. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like Elden Ring and, and Stranger of Paradise are kind of on the polar extremes of handholding. Like, yeah. Like how to get, get people playing your game. Like, um, it just, it's just one of those just frustrating things. Like you're in the middle of, of, of fighting in, in Stranger Paradise. You're just in the middle of combat, and you like a, a, a bar fills up, and then the game feels like it has to stop everything you're doing to explain. Hey, that bar that you just uh, just filled up, uh, you can do a special ability with that. Did you did you know that? You probably didn't know that because you haven't played this. So. Here and you know once once you clear out of this menu, you're only going to be able to do that one that one ability. So uh, we probably didn't need to necessarily explain what it was because we're going to force you to use it anyways. But you know we just felt like we need needed to take this space to explain the thing that we're about to force you to do. Um, whereas with Elden Ring, it's just yep, you died. And on to the next thing, you just respawn and go out. So. Um, yeah, don't don't do that again. Yeah, like uh, we're gonna take your your runes away. We're gonna put them over here. You're gonna have to work to get them back. Now, if you don't get them back before you die again, your punishment is they're gone for good. So, so you think um, you'll keep keep up with uh, Stranger Paradise? I I definitely want to because of the like I said the the actual like gameplay when when the game isn't like hand holding me every step of the way um the actual combat is really really fun um like they did a really good job of, of like just the, the gameplay and the combat just everything is so fluid um graphically it has some weird like they go for intense mature scenes and stuff but then like the cameras will glitch a little bit or the the, the camera will like zoom in on a character's face that just has like a like just no expression on it and so the the dialogue delivery is thrown off quite a bit by these weird glitches that that happen but yeah it doesn't look like it's too long maybe like uh looks like how long to beat put pegging at like 20 to 45 depending on what you're doing yeah and um so i i definitely want to continue playing it because the like i said the combat is good the gameplay is is fun um, I just really hope that I'm getting to a point that the tutorial stuff starts to subside more and that I can just play the game. Well, if that is an issue for you in games after playing Elden Ring, you may want to give Tunic a look. 
that's what <laughs> I uh, I've kind of been playing in the week since we recorded last. Now, I, I did I did play a little bit of that like a month or so ago. Like that's a really good. It's a nice. It's a weird. It, it's very weird. Like it's very relaxing, but also it it has its action moments. Yeah, I think probably the same story as you. Like you know, we both got the Xbox new Xbox the same day. Um, yeah, which was also the uh, the Xbox All Access deal. So we've got Game Pass, and that was like I think that game came out like the week or the week before we got our Xbox. So that's like, hey, this is this is a good game on Game Pass, <laughs> a new good game. Yeah. I'll have to try that whenever I'm done playing Elden Ring in uh, four months. Yeah, that's, well, uh... that four months has come, so now I'm finally playing this. Um, but it's and and. You know, I knew this going in. I knew it was kind of like a Soulsborne game crossed with Zelda. Um, yeah. How much of it did you play? I, um, that I, I probably put, I don't know, four or five hours into it. Okay. Um, yeah, so did the, you the, ring the, any of the, the bells or... Do you, yeah. I guess, do you remember? Okay. Yeah, so at, I'm at like... one of them, I think. Yeah, so I'm six hours in at this point. Uh, it looks like I'm maybe a little under halfway, but... Uh, that game, yeah, you just get a, like, I think the, like, if I could describe it in one word, like, those first couple of hours, at least, it was just lost. You know, there is no explanation whatsoever. Um, no it's kind of, it looks like a, a kind of like a 2D, uh, old legend, like, Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda, like, A Link to the Past. Um, it's kind of got that, uh, overhead view. But then, as you start collecting pages of the manual, uh, you start kind of putting things together, but it's all in, you know, a uh, made-up script, so it's like foreign language. You don't really understand everything, but every now and then there's English, and even yeah. without that, you can still kind of put things together, but it's just been really wonderful to Like from hours like four to six where I'm, like, getting these manual pages. I'm like, oh, shit. I need to go. I need to go do this back there. I think I know what to do with that object now. And so this last session in particular, like I think I I played like three hours today actually while uh, Jenny and Jack were napping, and I had just a lot of epiphanies in that session where it's like, okay, I got to go backtrack all the way back here. I got to figure this out. I got to go try yeah. this here, and so that's this is really awesome. It's it, it's very much. Uh... I was definitely getting more like Zelda vibes from it, but I can definitely see kind of like the Soulsborne uh, yeah. like, nature yeah, yeah, I mean, of it. Yeah, I, I mean, really the, the Souls influence comes as it does in a lot of games, it seems like, with that like bonfire mechanic where, okay, you know, go to this checkpoint or the save point, and whenever you rest here, it's going to reset the game world. So enemies are going to come back, yeah. and, you know, if you lost health, you're going to restore it. And then additionally it has a system of flasks like what elden ring had like what the souls games have so you know instead of like the zelda health meter style where you have three hearts and then oh you beat a boss you're gonna get another heart and you just extend your health this game yeah. you extend your health through some power-ups uh, that you find and cash in but it's mostly like flasks like with elden ring so that was the thing with elden yeah. ring whenever i'd get a Get a new get a new charge to my flask. It was like, all right, another health yeah. recharge. Yeah, or or in my case, just being able to yeah. uh, magic for my, you. My magic. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so it's it's just very fascinating that uh, you know 
real real sense of just discovery since it yeah. is explaining so little like i'm really having to discover everything myself but as a result whenever i have those epiphanies whenever i make that discovery it's an even greater one it's like it you know it is the opposite of what you're experiencing with stranger of paradise just the opposite mindset <laughs> of hey yeah. we're going to tell yeah. you how to do everything we're going to explain everything for you you're just getting on the roller coaster and whenever we say go you go well, and and I, I thought it was just a really cool concept of, like, as you're playing the game, you are discovering the manual for the game. Um, just those just very, like, the early to mid-90s style manuals, just, you know, just, hand, I mean, it's, it just kind of looks like hand-drawn characters. Yeah, and, it, it's, it is straight up a, uh, you know, replica of, of, like, the manual for the original Zelda, The Legend of Zelda. I think even when yeah. we get the cover page, it looks just like The Legend of Zelda. So, yeah, like, I... It, it was a really cool game, and it's just, again, another game that I need to, to, to go back to, but... Um, yeah, and, but, and I'd say, you know, I'd recommend it, of course, but it seems like, again, it's, it's a short enough one. Whenever I was deciding, okay, well, what am I going to play after Elden Ring? I think we were talking about that last week. And I want to get a lot of quick games in there um i think i was talking about doing the record of lodos war um deedlit game which is a metroidvania game on game pass i saw jenny play that a little bit and uh, i'm down for metroidvanias and then this one has some pixel art graphics that are pretty pretty sick looking but uh tunic i think was going to be a little shorter and jenny yeah. whenever she first started playing it she was my profile was still signed in so i got some achievements in it so i was like well i think oh, i'm no. gonna give that a sh- I had to give that a shot. That's on my, you know, that it was a toss up between those two. So it's like, well, I'll go ahead and give that one the, the favor. Yeah. And of course, with it being on game pass, it made it very easy to just pop it in and check it out. Uh, yeah, um, I did. I did download. I don't know. I just about started playing it tonight, but instead we, uh, watched an episode of star Trek, the next generation, but I did download a new game on game pass power wash simulator. I've I've heard people are really enjoying that. Like some people are just like it's just such a relaxing experience just doing just power washing things. Wario sixty four is like I you know fairly seriously saying hey this is a game of the year contender. Well, uh, I mean, uh, got to go up against Elden Ring. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, half <laughs> you know he's being fairly serious with it, but I mean I think in his yeah. case and well his or her case, their case, whoever it is behind the mask. Uh, it looked like they played through it all on Steam, and now they're going through it again on Xbox, like they like it so much. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, you said, I think it's going to be, as you've seen other people play, it seems like it's a very relaxing kind of zen-like game, as my yeah. understanding of it. Um, and I, I imagine that's the same group of people that have done like the the, the goat simulator and stuff as well like for mm, like I don't PC know. builder simulator and not really sure but uh it's just kind of in in that vein of just just mundane things that are weirdly relaxing and enjoyable to play in video game form like yeah so power wash simulator is developed by future lab And let's just look at Goat Simulator because, yeah, that's kind of the other big one. No, that one's developed by Coffee Stain Games or Coffee Stain oh. Studios. Yeah, so, I okay. mean, it, it's just it's just the fact that it has Simulator in the name. But uh, I don't know if you know this. 
power wash simulators published by Square Enix. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're branching out. I mean, they, they, well, I guess, I don't know about branching out. They sold most of their non-Japanese uh, uh, yeah, so it looks like studio. technically this is being published by Square Enix Collective, which is their indie game division. Mm, okay. Which I guess well, you know makes sense. It's not like you know uh, uh, the Final Fantasy studio, the Kingdom Hearts studio is making <laughs> hey on our side hey, instead of Kingdom Hearts four. Let's put that on the back burner. Let's get the Power Wash Simulator. Like I I know that we've been pushing some some promotional material for Final Fantasy sixteen, but I really think Power Simulator should be the or Power Wash Simulator. Uh, should be our our real focus like that i think we should be putting all of our resources in that and final fantasy 16 it can wait you know we don't, we don't need to get that out next year like who's waiting for that but power wash simulator um but uh yeah that's i like i i was just assuming that that was all grouped together so now all these other games that have simulator at the end i wonder how many of those are actually from the same or if it's just like a bunch of different like individual people or, or small indie studios that are like, well, hey, Goat Simulator was really well done. Let's just slap Simulator at the end of this and see if we can just kind of ride that that roller coaster a little bit. Yeah, and I haven't played Goat Simulator, but my impression of it is that it's kind of just a goofy game, kind of like you know Octodad or Surgeon Simulator. It's not serious, yeah. right? No, it, it's not. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Power Wash Simulator is kind of goofy as well, but I don't think it reaches the same same degrees as my perception of Goat Simulator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, for the most part, like, Stranger Paradise, I've picked that up. I'm probably going to put that on the on the, the side for a little bit. I, I wanted to check it out just to see uh, just how the game the gameplay was, but I, I definitely want to get back to Miles Morales. Um, at least so are you going to jump back into that then? Yeah, because um, with Miles Morales, like it was kind of one of those when I I booted it up and started playing it, um, it was like right after I finished Elden Ring uh, last week, and or yeah, last week or did you just need like another day or two to decompress after Elden Ring? Yeah, like uh, when when I started Miles Morales, like it was one of those situations where. Elden Ring was still very much on my mind, like the, the the way of the combat was, and it took me just a couple minutes to uh, get back into like the Spider-Man, uh, uh, like the muscle memory of the Spider-Man remaster game. Um, it's like Miles Morales. I was able to kind of pick it up and get right back into like the flow of of, of playing as as uh, a variant of Spider-Man, which um, for the most part was was nice and then going into stranger of paradise and i was like man like this really makes me just want to go back to playing elden ring because elden ring just allowed me to play a game it didn't uh you know hold my hand but yeah i, I think i'm gonna get back into miles morales because it was uh you know the spider-man games are good insomniac does a great job um, i'm super excited to see what they do with the spider-man 2 and uh i in in the recent game revision um, that I had the technical difficulties with, uh, we talked about our uh, most anticipated or the, the games that we're most excited for that we don't really know a whole lot about. And one of the games in that show that I talk about is Wolverine. Um, 
I really, really want to know how Insomniac is going to adapt Wolverine to a standalone game. Um, I remember that Raven Software one uh, that released alongside the, I think it was like the R-rated Wolverine movie. I remember that one being really well received. Oh yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was too. Um, but like with with Spider Man, like the combat is really good. It does get kind of repetitive, but it's like an evolution of the the, the Batman uh, Arkham games. Yeah, the Arkham games. Um, so it's it's a good evolution of that. But there's a lot of like acrobatics involved, like just using the webbing to to make some crazy combos. But also just like traversing the city as Spider-Man, like there is, there is fast travel. Like you can fast travel in the game, but I never felt like I wanted to do that, because these just swinging, uh, swinging around the city was just so much fun, just so fluid. Um, with Wolverine, I kind of wonder just like what direction they're gonna take with that, because wolverine can't really like swing around the city so like i wonder how they're gonna break up Wait, what? the combat yeah like wolverine doesn't wow. uh yeah he, he, he wasn't bit by a radioactive spider um so he, yeah. he he can't he can't swing around the city um, i mean my let's see the did you play a lot of the last of us 2 or have you played any of that i have not played uh part two so i mean that is going to be what more of a linear level design uh, probably, yeah. I mean, versus, the first, the, yeah. I mean, like linear level design versus like an open world style. Yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah. So I mean, yeah. they've kind of got two two paths to go down. You know, are they going to go a linear path? Or are they going to go the open world path? I could see them going either way, just because yeah. you know Sony's first party output has been like, hey, we're going to make that Ur game, the game that does everything, uh, kind of like RPG mechanics. You know, I could see them putting Wolverine in a world where you're going and exploring. Um, at the same time with being Naughty Dog, or no, this is Insomniac, excuse me. Yeah, Insomniac. Um, you know, and especially focusing in on a character, it's like they may want to take a more of a more of a cinematic approach and say, okay, we're gonna have set levels, we got a set plan. Um, yeah. But as I'm thinking about it, even the Arkham games kind of had to go through that that phase. You know, the first Arkham game was essentially like a 3D Metroidvania. Like we have a set area, it's very linear, but there's a lot not not linear, but, you know, there's a lot of backtracking involved in this closed-off area, contained area. And then for Arkham yeah. City, of course, they went open world. Um, I mean, who knows? I could see him going either way with Wolverine. Because, like... And just kind of the, the, the roles of, of the two characters, like, Wolverine is much more, like, there's... there's uh, the, the combat, I'm sure, I mean, is going to be much more purposeful. Like, there's going to be more weight behind it because he's, he's not going to be acrobatic yeah, and flying probably all over like the place. maybe a little closer to the arkham combat yeah so more like I, harder hitting more impactful yeah so i'm 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 excited to see and very eager to see what insomniac does next um because they've 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 really made a name for themselves of just being able to churn out good game after good game and so I'm not really worried about like the game being good. I'm just I'm really just curious to see how they're going like how they're what going path to handle going, the direction yeah. I take it. Because um, really, um, like the only thing, the only game that I can think of that that they actually had a hand in that I don't think went over very well 
was Fuse, the one that was yeah. published by EA. And I'm sure EA probably had a, a good hand in like, like being like, hey, this needs to be done now. And I, we don't care really what shape it, it releases in, but it, it's going to be released at this point. Well, um, and it could be more of a thing, too, where just the hand of the publisher is more dictating, hey, the game is going to be like this, because that was, what, yeah. a four-player, like, first-person yeah. shooter, like, team game. Yeah, which, like a fourth-person cooperative. Yeah, That's kind of, what, on the tail end of EA and everybody saying, hey, we've got to have a multiplayer mode. We've got to be able to monetize. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the game is totally structured around that, so, I mean, it sounds like they started from that point anyways, but... It just kind of fit into that publishing philosophy that EA had at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty much like everything that, almost everything that Insomniac has like developed from the ground up has been at least good. Like I, I can't think of anything where it's just like, man, that was a bad Insomniac game. Um, like, and um, it, it can definitely happen. Like, other studios can take things that Insomniac has made and then make bad games out of it, like uh, Resistance, Burning Skies. Um, yeah. Like, like there, there's de- it's definitely which, possible. I, which, again, I don't... I contend that Burning Skies... Well, I don't know. I was going to say it's not as bad as people made it out to be. The game <laughs> itself totally plays fine, totally workable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the story's not great. There is, like a terrible there's a terrible moment partway through the game um but i mean i i you know from a gameplay perspective stripping everything else away it's a it plays good i i I feel like i mean i I do think that you're probably one of the the biggest like gaming devil's advocate type of people though uh because there, there are some games that like you you enjoy that I think the vast majority of people would be like, man, that is a very bad game. But then yeah. like you, you find good things in them. Well, and... I mean, inherently, just the fact that a group of people got together and shipped a video game, that's that's a reward unto itself. You know, <laughs> we don't know what sort of constraints the developer had in that, that case. You know, I'm sure that was something where hey we've got a game we need to get the, like you know from the publisher from sony they're probably like hey we got this new platform we need games for it resistance big series let's do it you know there's all sorts of constraints that are going to come along with these games that we're not privy to um yeah. so even if they come out and they're not great it's like hey first off congrats every from everything i've read making a game work is like an impo- near impossible feat so the fact that you got it <laughs> out there and it works in yeah. some fashion congrats Sure, the quality may not be there, but there is something to enjoy. Well, while while we are on the topic of resistance, um, I would love to see more. I would, I would. Okay, so I'm I'm on in the camp of the Last of Us Part One, the remake or whatever. Really, we don't we don't need that. Like that's not something that we need. It was. It was released in 2013. It had a remaster on the tw- and, and, uh, for the PS4 in 2014, and then they did like the the enhancements and stuff uh, when the PS5 launched. I don't think The Last of Us Part One needs a remake right now. What I would love to see happen is like the Resistance franchise getting 
that you'd like, love to remastered. see Naughty Dog make a Resistance game. Well, no, we, no, we get no, it. No, we, we hear not, you loud and clear, Jeff. Not, uh, not, not Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog needs to be back focusing on Jack and Daxter. Like that's what Naughty Dog needs to be doing. Jack and okay. Daxter. Okay. Like that's yeah. what Naughty Dog needs to needs to be focused on. Naughty Dog but, lost their way. Yes, they have. They have. Like they're making good games. They're doing their thing. They're, they're like they're they're doing fine, but to get them back on that perfection track, they 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 need to work on Jack Four. Like that's what they need to be doing. They need to get Jack Four out there. Um, but what I would like to see is like you know talking with about Insomniac and Resistance. Like Resistance was such a good franchise. Um, one through three were solid. Burning Skies, eh. but. Uh, like even Resistance Retribution for the PSP was a solid game, like a top-down, uh, like tactical shooter. S or not tactical, but no, um, no. I mean Resistance Retribution. So it, again, I played that one fairly recently too, right before Burning Skies. Maybe it was after <laughs> Burning Skies actually. But you know, yeah, that's a third-person shooter, and again, it well, has constraints it, of a different kind because wasn't it like top-down though, like it was kind of like an no. isometric. Are you thinking oh. of Killzone on PSP? Uh, I don't was because Killzone on PSP was like sort of a top-down, more of a tactical game, right? Oh, maybe I am thinking of Killzone. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. Jeez. Well, Killzone needs to come back too. So. Well, who's the Sony pony? <laughs> Me or you? <laughs> uh, well, no, I, but I, I mean, I, ret- like... Retribution. You know, it's it it again. I played it recently. It's another surprisingly good game, but I think. You know, when viewed in the constraints, you know, it is an, on a platform that has a single analog stick and yeah. it's, they're trying to do a third person shooter. They do a good job of adapting to that. So that one be one interesting case of actually doing a remaster for it or releasing it, like re-releasing it on a platform that has two analog sticks. And, yeah. and an that, actual control that, Yeah, well, if and let me tell you, if that's what you want, you're in luck. Because you can hook it up to the PS3 and play <laughs> yeah. it with a DualShock 3. Yeah. Um, and and I, I do, I, I was confusing Resistance Retribution with Killzone Liberation. So yes, that, yeah. that's what... That, I, knew, I knew what you were talking about. That, that's very similar names. I mean, Killzone, Resistance, not so similar, but well, Retribution, Killzone Liberation. And, Killzone and Dead Space are two very similar names. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, and, uh, if I remember correctly, which I'm starting to doubt myself, but, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> the, take your, take your vitamins there with, uh, uh, with resistance retribution, that was Sony bend, right? The siphon filter dudes. Yes. The ones that yeah, ported. And, yeah. And so that's partially why, you know, it's like, Hey, this is actually a pretty good game and actually good shooter on a handheld system that has one analog stick is because they were coming off their success with Siphon Filter of doing yeah. just that. Yeah. So, and, uh, but I, I think, I, I think that we are due for, like, a remastered collection for, like, Resistance 1 through 3 at least. Yes, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, whenever we look back at, the, I guess, PS3, there were a number of those PS2 collections. Um, yeah. Jack and Daxter... Ratchet and, Clank. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, those games, God of War. Um, yeah. PS4, we didn't really see that to an extent. We just saw them carry forward those collections. Yeah. But I I wonder how much of it is just difficulty in 
kind of like with the Saturn, like difficulty in getting those games off of the PS3, because even with their new PlayStation Plus subscription stuff, we see that where with PS3 games, you know, they're not downloadable, they're not playing on the PS4, they're being or PS5, they're being emulated. Yeah, um, and just streamed. Yeah, so yeah, excuse me, streamed. So it'd be interesting. I, I wonder if there's an actual technical holdup because I feel like there's tons of PS3 games they could do that with. They could do a like yeah. complete Killzone collection. They could do a complete Resistance collection. And yeah, Resistance in particular, they haven't touched that series really since the PS3. And like outside of I think Killzone 2, like Killzone was always a, was always the franchise that it felt like Sony is really trying to push as like their big first person shooter. The Halo but, Killer. But, like, Resistance never really tried to aim for that. Insomniac, I don't think anybody at the studio was really aiming to be, like, the definitive first-person shooter franchise for Sony. And I think because of those expectations, it it seems like Resistance is always regarded at, like, higher than Killzone. Because, like, whenever I, I look back at, at, those, uh, at those games, like, Resistance had more solid and good games than Killzone. Like, outside of Killzone 2, like, the first Killzone was mediocre. Uh, Killzone 3 was okay, and Shadowfall got uh, uh, critiqued all over the place as just, like, not really having much personality, not really having much, like, the, the gameplay was okay, but, like, the multiplayer wasn't quite there, and, like, it just was dropping the ball everywhere. Whereas with, like, Resistance, like, Resistance 1 was great. It was a great technical mm. showpiece for the PS3. Mm. Like it was okay, especially in the in, in the early going. There was a lot of grays, but that was kind of just the thing for that era. Um, but then, like Resistance Two, really just opened up everything, and Resistance Three just kind of continued that evolution of of the franchise. And then it was just kind of put on on the side burner, and Sony just kept pushing with with Killzone, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have Killzone Shadowfall for the launch of the PS4," and then it was just average, and and then yeah. Sony was just and like, I mean, we're that, shelving them both. Yeah, I mean that's you know a lot of it's probably Insomniac too. Like Insomniac had a library of other games they were working on and wanted to work on, so yeah. I'm sure at some point they're like, okay. Uh, we're ready to try something different, do something new. Um, and Sony, you know, Sony was fine with it, obviously, because they weren't saying they didn't make a Resistance 4. They made just like yeah. one more spin off. So. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess that, that's the good and bad, I guess, for uh, fans of like Sony properties is that at some point when the, when the development studio is just like, hey, we want to do something different, usually they're fully allowed to do something different whether the like whether it's naughty dog going from jack and daxter to uncharted or from uncharted to the last of us or insomniac wanting to take a break from doing ratchet and clank games now granted sony will still find other studios to be like hey you want to you want to make some random like spin-off ratchet and clank game yeah i mean sony didn't own insomniac at that point yeah and so like it, it for, the, for those studios, they're very much like with the Sucker Punch. Like, Sucker Punch could have easily just dove right back into making another Infamous game, which I would love to see another Infamous game. But Sony was like, hey, sure, work on Ghost of Tsushima. And then it turned out to be, you know, the success that it is. And um, so, yeah, like, it's. I 
for all of my complaints for wanting to see more like Jack and Daxter or see more resistance or see more, oh, I don't know, the Legend of Dragoon, um, there is still plenty of good things to kind of, the, the fact that these studios are not forced to just keep churning out the same games over and over and over again, that they've got the freedoms to be able to do what they want to do with their games is, is really nice and really shows like there's a lot of high quality games coming from PlayStation studios. Um, well, speaking of freedoms to do what you want to do or not to do, um, achievements don't really allow me to do that. <laughs> they kind of constrain yeah. me in ways because, uh, I'm different yeah. like that. I'm kind of, uh, OCD in that regard. So I've played Osser's Wrath two more times since we last talked. Oh, okay. So you, did you finally get all of the? Uh, I was gonna. I was about to say, did you get the, the platinum trophy? And then as I was saying, I, I was like, well, it's not platinum. Oh. It's the hundred percent. And coincidentally, you know, this game does have. They use basically like the same achievement trophy list across both platforms, which is not unusual. But in this case, they actually do have like a zero-point platinum trophy. Um, <laughs> no, I still have one more playthrough to do, so I'll, oh, I'll okay. do that. You know, this week, and you know, when we reconvene next week, I'll tell you about it. But no, so after last week, I think I had beaten the game, and I was making my. I think I still had like, I had beat the game, and I think I had beat the DLC, like the actual true true end to the game. Yeah, because I was telling you about it, like, for real, like Osir's Wrath. That's another kind of like Tunic. That's another short like six. It six to eight hour game to get through the storyline. At least well the first time. It. Yeah, well worth it. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. you, you can just play it once and be fine. Because, um, yeah. yeah, the DLC True True End was really fantastic. But some of the other DLC they did more like for fun was do you remember the Street Fighter collaboration, Street Fighter 4 collaboration DLC? Street Fighter 4. Uh, so they introduced um, a couple chapters in Osir's Wrath um, with. Ryu and okay. Akuma. And oh. so it's structured pretty cool. Um, you know, it's basically set up, you know, Osir is a very angry person. You know, he's Osir's <laughs> yeah. wrath. Yeah. Okay. Um, as, as soon as the game opens up, he is punching things in space and just, and just he yelling. is just so angry. Like he, so, he, he would make Kratos run for his money. So the DLC is kind of structured, you know, in a way like, hey, Osir meets the angriest or Osir meets the strongest. And so it's kind of playing off that, but it's, each DLC is kind of broke up into two chunks. The first of which is a Street Fighter-esque fight. It's basically a 2D fight against Ryu and then later Akuma, but in the Street <laughs> Fighter 4 system. So you're basically playing as Asura in Street Fighter 4. Now, his moves and everything are still the same as they are in the game, so it's not like I'm doing quarter, quarter circles to like do special attacks or anything. But it was really yeah. cool. And then the second, there's a second fight against these people. And then it's more in the traditional, like, uh, Osir's Wrath style of battle system. But uh, both DLCs, you know, it's like 30 minutes for each of them. So they're real short. And like I said, it's just more for fun. Um, they're really cool. So just a really it, cool game all in all. So with, with that kind of the change in, or the pseudo change in gameplay style with the, that, the fighting game mechanics of, Street Fighter 4, is there any like fourth wall breaking stuff similar like Matt Hazard where there was no, like no, I mean this this game's like, totally what the serious. hell's going on? Oh. Yeah. Well, 
I, I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's not cool. that kind of game. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I did did those. Um, there are in, in trying to get the achievement, all the achievements related to those DLC packs. Once you beat that, you know, there's that fight where you are in the Street Fighter system, and then there's the more normal Osiris Wrath fight. After you do that, you unlock a mission mode, kind of similar to Street Fighter Four, where it tasks you with doing some various things. Uh, some of them, I think, the two hardest ones, the ones that were the ones that caused me to play, spend like an hour and a half with each of the DLCs, uh, just doing this fight was defeat the player, defeat you know Ryu or Akuma without taking damage, and then there was a second one, beat them in forty seconds or thirty seconds. And those ones, mm. like, I literally spent, like, an hour and a half each time trying to do those fights. <laughs> Damn. Like, e- trying to take out an Elden Ring boss. Yeah. Even Jenny, like, I always say, like, whenever I'm doing something like this, like, man, I make myself suffer. I'm a masochist. And she's <laughs> sitting there on the couch next to me. He's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, th- there is, uh, so, you know, I, for, for the most part, like I don't necessarily go out of my way to get all of the trophies in a game, but like if there's a game that I'm really enjoying, I will go out of my way. Like uh, for the most part, or if I boot up a game and I'm just kind of playing through and like I'm getting trophies and stuff, I, I'll look and see what else uh, like I would need to do to get all of the, the trophies. Um, I did get my fifteenth platinum trophy um, yesterday, I think. Yeah, I'm playing the uh, Nickelodeon Smash Brothers game. Yeah, uh, was that a most... quick, quick platinum? Like I don't, I don't remember you mentioning playing that. Um, it was actually, I mean, it was relatively quick. Um, I got it through Plus, uh, the Plus Essential tier, and I was playing through it. Played about you know a day or two, and I was like, man, this is. When I first played it, it was, I I, I was not enjoying it, but then I, I was looking through the trophies, and I was like. I mean, a lot of these trophies are fairly doable. I just have to, like, really sit down and do it. And so, like, as I was getting the trophies and stuff, the last two that I needed to get, um, so probably over the span, like, having access to the game for about a month, uh, I probably got the Platinum in about uh, the handful of hours. Um, It really isn't that uh, challenging, um, the most challenging part is sitting in the online lobbies trying to find someone to play against. Uh, because, oh, is the game dead? Yeah, the game is already dead. Uh, even even though that it was free th- through Plus, uh, it the, there's there's nobody playing this game. Um, so like I would sit and I would just for 5, 10, 15 minutes at a time just waiting for somebody to uh to to fight against and two of the trophies one of them is uh complete 50 quick play battles online so 50 five zero um oh thanks for breaking it down for me so that uh so that in itself was a little annoying because it's like okay i've like i mean that's whenever you just got to go on play on a trophy site and just get a boosting partner um and then the other online trophy is uh defeat an opponent that has a higher rating than you five times um and And that one you know this is smash brothers like game is it one-on-one fighting or the matches with like four players 
Um, so the online fights are one on one. Okay. Um, so it's so, not like there's. You're, it's not like you're going into a battle of four players and you're like, hey, I can beat three of these people and they are all ranked higher than me. Yeah. So it it's it's one on one. Who'd you main? Uh, I was Toph. Toph is awesome. Uh, um, from Avatar. Yeah. Uh, just, How many characters are in it? Like twenty or something? Uh, I think there's twenty or twenty-two. Uh, they just recently added um, uh, an android character from. I can't remember the name of, of the character or the show, but it's... Uh, and, I, and I have to keep this one separate in my mind because then there's also the Warner Brothers Smash yeah, Brothers game, yeah, and they just had LeBron yeah. released as a character. Yeah. So, um, so for the most part, like it, it's... Another issue that I had is that the online servers are bad. Um, there was so many just frame rate issues and just like so choppy so incredibly I choppy mean, so honestly that's probably why there's not a lot of people playing online yeah is you know anyone who's going to take this game remotely seriously is like ah, i'm not playing online um and like when it wasn't choppy and slow and sluggish and all kinds of crap like that it would shift gears and it would be like you're playing in two times speed so like very rarely did I ever just find a normal match online. Like, is your PS5 hooked up with wired or eth- wireless? Uh, I've got it wired, so yeah, I've, okay. I've got it hardwired. So yeah, um, you can't 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 blame that. So yeah, it is just other connection and just the yeah. servers. And so like, uh, typically, so the, the 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 player profiles down at the bottom of the screen would also show like the the ping number. Terrible pings. Yeah, and I I would be seeing things like 200 ms or 250 ms or like when it would get around 300, it would just crash the game. Um, So it very, very rarely did I see anything, any match consistently around like 60. Um, I, I may have had, out of all of the times I played online, maybe two or three times the lowest I would see would be about 60 ms or the milliseconds. So it's just like, I, I can definitely understand why the game is dead, but getting those last two trophies that were online only really like gave me PTSD flashbacks of like the PS3 360 era where like half of a trophy list or half of the achievements would be do this online, do this online. Um, and of course, yeah, now, I mean, and now we've we've reached the point that none of those games are even online. So if you were to play those games, you know, 10, 15 years after the fact, you're not going to get all of the trophies or achievements. It's just not going to yeah, happen. Like as I tend to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of with me with the achievements. Like I will get as I will go for as many as I feel are realistically possible. And so as an accountant, I'm always doing like a cost benefit analysis in my head. <laughs> so with like the Osiris Wrath one, it's like, well, they're all single player. Um, it they're not actually hard. They're not difficult. It's just the matter of devoting the time to it. Yeah. And so even now, like you said, with the online ones, I tend to play a lot of older games, like games from the 360 PS3 generation. And so it's like with the shooters that I like to play. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, I'll, yeah. I'll be able to get like basically all of the single-player trophies or achievements, 
and then I just won't be able to get any of the multiplayer ones. Yeah, which I, I remember just it just now popped in in, in my head. Uh, I remember uh, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> how how do I know? How do I know you're gonna bring I, that up? I have I I, I don't know, but uh, uh, I just I I remember we went into that like. Speaking of dead online, like I don't remember exactly when we played it, but like there was nobody playing. So you and I were boosting those those achievements, and mm-hmm. even and even with us boosting, even just like one on one, the game just struggled so hard to function. Like I uh, just all of the games that would require online trophies or achievements is just such like. I almost feel like if if a game has an online trophy or achievement and it's not just like go online, I just don't even really want to touch the game, or I'll play it on like a a, a burner account or something because it's just like I'm not going to even be able like, even if I wanted to try to get 100% out of this game, it's just not going to happen because I'm not going to play online. I'm not going I'm not going to play enough to be dedicated enough to be good enough to get some of these these. Uh, 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 trophies and stuff like some of the stuff from the from Tekken or Street Fighter where it's like beat this super high rank you know somebody in the the upper echelons of the leaderboards and I'm like that's not I don't I don't want to do that I just want to play the game and enjoy it and like yes give me some yeah, challenge and, and but... I think that's I think that's fine because what is an achievement or a trophy but an achievement or a trophy. It's like, hey, I put in the time or I was good enough to do this. So, I mean, I, I'm i the same way. Like, I'm kind of, I've, I've, I've made myself stop doing this where like, okay, well, I'm not going to sign into this profile as we check this game out because eh, I may get an achievement or a trophy and then I'll have to play it. At this yeah. point, it's like, well, I'm, I'm tr- trying to move away from that. I still care about like my completion percentage. And, you know, especially whenever it comes to platforms we're both playing on, the competition element of being better than you or beating, like, <laughs> yeah. close friends. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the achievements and trophies, I love it because they're they're so individual in most cases. Yeah. Like, like, there's thousands of games out there, you know, hundreds of developers and publishers who are coming up with their own lists of what they think. There's gonna, it's gonna run the gamut of stuff that's basically just shovelware crap that we're putting super easy achievements and trophies in because we know you'll buy it when it goes on sale just for that purpose to like super early introduction of them. Like quake four is one I was looking on true achievements like within the last couple days because there are achievements. I was surprised that the servers for that game are still online, Really, but there are, yeah, there are achievements for that game that are like be in the top 100 of the leaderboard, like top of the leaderboard. So it's real funny to go look at like some of the solutions from like the last five or so years saying like, here's how many like thousand hours you need to put into this to do it. You can totally do it, but it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. Um, well, and just kind of since we're on, on this topic of, uh, of trophies and stuff, Elden Ring is really one of the very few games where like I was playing through the game and like I was getting some of the trophies and stuff, but it's like I'm not going to get 100% in this game. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go for that. I'm. But then I found myself like, like as I'm playing, and it's like most of the trophies are tied to beating bosses. Yeah. 
And so I was like, well, you know, I mean, I've, I've already sunk 40 hours into this game, 50 hours into this game, 60 hours into this game. Like, I'm beating bosses. I'm doing these things. So, like, Elden Ring was really the first time where I was like, you know, I might actually um, go, like, play this game with the intention of getting 100%. Um, What's fascinating to me about Elden Ring in particular like it's a tough game right like it's super it's yeah. it's hard and not only is it hard it takes a lot of time like both you and i have playthroughs <laughs> what over 150 yeah. hours yeah like i'm i'm close to I, so I what's fascinating I'm, I'm, to like me to is that the achievement ratio or like the rarity of the playstation trophies it's not that high like the people yeah. who started playing elden ring in a lot of cases finished it like, whenever yeah. I was looking on true achievements for this game, whenever I first started, I was expecting it to be like, okay, you know, generally, like, one-to-one, one, you know, it's a ratio. One-to-one one would be everyone has it. So I figured, okay, Elden Ring, this is going to be a tough game. It's a long game. I bet, like, some of the tougher stuff is going to be, like, three and four, like, kind of what I consider pretty high ratios. Most of it's all just, like, a one-to-a-two range. Yeah. It's like, damn, you know, first off, <laughs> they have such a loyal and awesome audience that basically if they buy their game, they're playing it all the way. Well, and that's, that, okay, so that's another, I actually had this, like, it wasn't quite a conversation in my head, but I was comparing, since I got my 15th uh, Platinum Trophy uh, with Nickelodeon All-Stars, um, Nickelodeon All-Stars for the PS5 is currently sitting at, like, I think it was 0.5% had the platinum trophy. Yeah, and so that would, in my mind, be like, okay, this is super rare. Yeah. Elden Ring, I think, is sitting at 10 or 11%, like, mm -hmm. total. And so it's like, you know, granted, when the, the algorithms and stuff that track all of the, the trophies and achievements, like, as soon as you boot up the game and it, it's able to populate the, the, the list, it considers you a, quote, active player. Um, and so, and also in that Nickelodeon games case, you know, that was given away through PlayStation plus Essentials, So it's going to have a larger install base of people who are more yeah. curious about it. Not necessarily, Hey, I bought this. I, I spent hard earned money on this. I'm going to get my money's worth. It's more people just checking it out. I think that's yeah. kind of like I was telling you a couple of weeks ago about the Pac-Man museum achievements. Like I started playing that game because it was on game pass and you know, it's retro games, whatever. And all of a sudden, each of my rarest achievements is from that game. Like, they have insane ratios, I guess, because there were so many people who just booted it up to check it out. And in fairness, the achievements are tough. They do take a long time. But yeah. there is probably just such a large base, like with that Nickelodeon game, where it's just like, hey, there's a ton of people who just checked this game out. Yeah, and then they're like, ah, oh, this is not, this isn't my cup of tea. Deleted. Um, so, and in, in kind of... Uh, I've also had to, like, I, I use uh, true, uh, true trophies and true achievements as kind of like another barometer to see just how how tough uh, certain trophies are, or platinums and stuff, um, just because, um, you know, kind of get that gauge of what other people are saying about a certain game. Um, but, you know, it's still that, that case of, like, you know, it's still using the similar algorithms and stuff where it's like, well... Yeah. Out, of, out of everyone who has played this game... How many people have this trophy or achievement? This yeah. trophy or achievement? Because I was I was looking at um, 
It was uh, Legrand. Legrand Legacy. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so. I, I got that whenever it was on sale at like five dollars, ten dollars, or something like that. And I was like, "Oh, I, I I'm gonna check this game out. I can't wait to check it out." And then I went to True Achievements just to kind of see, like, you know, kind of what I was looking for as far as like the trophies. And it's sitting at like a like a four thousand point. Uh, uh, four, four to six thousand. There was a couple of games I was looking at, so it, it made between four and six thousand for true uh, trophies, as far as like the actual value of the platinum trophy um, versus like what the base being one thousand. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I might not want to. I'm mm. like, I, I See, want yeah, to check the game out. But... I've always been so bad about that in the past, and like I said, I'm trying to break that. Where it's like, okay. <laughs> I care about my completion percentage, but do I care about that more than just experiencing a game? Yeah, because like, um, but I, I guess that's like, the benefit of something like that game. I've always yeah. thought, well, if that's the case, you know, I could always just like go buy it on the Switch, which does not have the achievements or trophies, and then I can enjoy this game without that sort of baggage with me. Yeah, and like I. Again, I'm I'm not necessarily like I I don't I don't prevent myself from playing games, but like I oh yeah I I mean I can tell your completion percentage is terrible <laughs> yeah yeah and because it's like you know I'll I'll boot in in a game and end up getting a trophy and I'm like well shit I I yeah didn't know it was going to be that easy to pop a trophy in this um well crap um. Which is why I'm so glad that, however many years ago, uh, PlayStation added the feature being able to hide trophies that you just have zero percent in. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, Xbox or just had like, that a long time. Or that, or like delete the list or something if you have zero percent or something like that. But it um, yeah, hides it. Um, so yeah, like, but as you and I have have, you know, we we've, we've been playing for quite some time now, and there's just. Like booting up, like I'll I'll look through the trophies and stuff, kind of see like okay, get get a little bit of an idea, and then I'd boot up a game and start playing, and usually something would happen where it's like ten minutes in, I opened a menu or something, and a trophy pops, and it's like, ah, uh, okay, well, there's another game that I'm not gonna have a hundred percent on because I opened a menu, um, but yeah, you've had. Since you played predominantly on the PS3 during that generation, I was on the 360. Yeah. Uh, of course, like my gamer score is much higher than yours, but your PlayStation level is much higher than mine. That being the case, of course, I'm always gonna I'm I'm gonna catch you on PlayStation. <laughs> it's inevitable. So just just well, be ready I mean, for that. But what I tend to do now because of that is like okay, well since I can't since I can't claim I'm beating you on the total score yet, I'll just go to each individual game and try and outperform you <laughs> that way. Well, and a part of me is is really, really, really glad um, that you did get an Xbox Series X before you got a PS5, um, just yeah, because yeah, your your attention has now been pulled away from like, again pulled back away from PlayStation <laughs> side of things. But uh, I mean, for the most part, like uh, you know, you and I play every system we can get our hands on, and and all all sorts of different games and. Um, and for for me, I like I was going through. Uh, I I just logged into uh, PlayStationTrophies.org for the first time in in years, 
and the biggest reason that I was using like true trophies and true achievements over PlayStationTrophies.org and the the achievements variant of that is the fact that with the true websites, they just tied into your profile and just auto-populated the trophies and stuff as you got them. With yes. with PlayStation uh, PlayStationTrophies.org, that was not the case. You would have to manually go in and add the game and then manually add the trophies as you got them, and it just became more of a chore than anything, so I stopped going to it. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember there was... Uh, with Nickelodeon All-Stars, I was trying to find, like, through true trophies, I couldn't find anybody to boost those uh, those last two uh, trophies through that website. And so I was like, okay, well, let me check uh, PlayStationTrophies.org and just kind of see if there's anybody talking about this or if there's anything in the forums. And when I went to their website, it was completely overhauled. I signed in, and then I verified my PSN account, and then like it populated everything back over. And it, based on just forum size like playstation trophies has a much more active community than true trophies so yes and and i will say probably even more than playstation trophies would be psn profiles um oh yeah yeah. whenever i was whenever i was going through starting to get a lot of trophies again like last year or whatnot no yeah after i bought the ps3 i bought another you know i bought that slim (laughs) ps3 you know when we launched the ps5 got a new ps3 yeah Whenever I did that, I kind of got back into, okay, let me check out some of these trophy sites again. Yeah, True Trophies never really was very big. It was always just like, hey, here's the spinoff of True Achievements. And I think in part it was never really big because, you know, baked into the PlayStation trophy system was already that rarity factor that True Achievements had, you know, said, hey, let's apply this to Xbox Achievements. And then, of course, yeah, like you said, PlayStation Trophies, that spinoff of X360A, it's all manual process. It sounds like that's been fixed, thankfully, though. But yeah, whenever I was going back through stuff last year, I was like, okay, well, where, you know, who has like the best resources or walkthroughs for trophies? And I was surprised. It seemed like PSM Profiles was the liveliest one. So that may be worth checking, too. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out because, uh, like, True Trophies has a, a decent uh, community um, and, like, layout of things. But uh, when mm-hmm. I. When I got back onto PlayStationTrophies.org, I was like, oh, like, this game has 35,000 posts about it. Okay. So, like, and then just the fact that they have completely overhauled everything to where it just auto-populates based on what what you're doing on on PlayStation was really nice. So knowing that there's yet an even bigger community than that um, uh, would be nice because, like... I was using true trophies and the community there to kind of get an idea of like the, the legendary trophies or the legendary like armament and uh, ashes of, uh, yeah, ashes, uh, the Elden Ring, the legendary ones. Yeah, the collectibles. Um, so yeah, like, and on true trophies, luckily there was one post. There was one post of, of the legendaries for each category that you needed. And then, uh, and that's a game that is like it dominated for so long, and like it, it's still uh, in like the, the top five of some uh, sales charts. Like Elden Ring, and there's only one person talking about the stuff. Like, and in that case, it may be something where you can just go over to the Xbox equivalent again, like True oh, Achievements. Well, I was yeah. doing the, I was I was doing the same thing because it's a cross-platform game, you know, same same achievement trophy list. I was doing the same thing. 
looking for, okay, let me make sure, you know, because I think first off I was like, okay, I know there's one missable achievement that relates to, you know, the weapons, legendary weapons. And so, you know, I the true achievements walk through, the true achievements guides for each of these, you know, I had tons and tons of comments. And that's something I even look at with Osser's Wrath too, where it's like, okay, you know, in true trophies or in true achievements, they have it baked to, okay, here is it, here's any walk through, any guide for this game or this achievement trophy across yeah. our platform. You know, so it says, hey, here's the 360, or here's the Xbox equivalent, here's the PlayStation equivalent. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in a lot of cases, it could just be, at least in Elden Ring's case, multi-platform game. Any work that's being done on that is being done on the Xbox side of their their system, their platform. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I don't really, like, when, when I saw, like, the Legrand whatever and, and saw the, the grand legacy yeah uh, and saw the the true trophy like how much that was I, I started thinking i was like man does that mean that the game is going to be super difficult or is it just that do people just fizzle out like halfway through like the like starting to think of like yeah how good is yeah, the could, story could how mean good different is the, things do it oh, i was just saying yeah i mean just because it's got that high percentage yeah. could mean different things could yeah. mean that the game is super hard. There's a lot of missable or achievements or reasons to replay, or it could just be that a lot of people petered out. Yeah, and so like just kind of looking at that, and you know, there, there's definitely different ways that you can approach uh, the trophy and, well, and achievement and, lists and stuff. And, and, and it could be that people petered out. It looks like it's like 35 to 75 hours, and if it's not really that great of an RPG, that's a lot of time to devote. Yeah. I mean, I've played a lot of really bad RPGs in my time, and... Yeah, uh, but the question is, do you need to play another one, or yeah. is there a better game you can play? Well, and that goes to yet another conversation that you and I had just a little, like, a, a day or two ago about the, the summer sale on, on PlayStation, where there's, oh, right. there's, there's some RPGs that are, like, $2 to $5, but it's like, they're not good. Do we really want to spend the money to get you know, not good RPGs when we could be spending that time playing good games. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to play Osser's Wrath four times to get all the achievements, maybe even a fifth, so uh, I could yeah. just be doing that instead. Um, and, you know, really just uh, focusing on, I, I think for the most part, even though there's a lot of things on the Summer Cell that I'm like, oh, I'm I'm tempted. It's like an impulse by territory, like uh, Onanaki. I've, I've been wanting to get that because it's kind of the evolution of that uh, of the Tokyo RPG, Tokyo RPG factory. Yeah, like the, the evolution of that studio and just wanting to, to really support, you know. How many games have they put out? Three or four? I think I think Oninaki is their third game. The, the first one was I Am Setsuna, and then... Lost Sphere. Yeah, and then Oninaki. So, like, yeah. they're, and part of me wants to buy it just to support that studio to keep to hopefully show Square Enix to continue supporting these uh, smaller projects um, because not everything needs to be Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. And that's kind of another thing that I'm looking at over the next few months, just all of these other portfolio games that they have with like Star Ocean and uh, Valkyrie. Uh, not, I guess they, they've dropped Profile from the name, but Valkyrie... Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because even even the PS2 entry was that just no was that Valkyrie Profiles? 
Yeah, that was Valkyrie Profile to Silmaria. Yeah, and then they did uh, Valkyrie Profile Lineth for the PSP. And then there was Valkyrie Profile Covenant of the Plume on the DS. Yeah, which I'm still glad that I snagged that uh, from a vintage stock sale. Oh, the vintage stock in Yukon, man. You <laughs> yeah. jumped ahead of me looking at the DS games. I forget what I was looking at. I, I don't man, know. Man, you got that right underneath me. But one of my prized uh, trophy hunts of video gaming is uh, just the fact that you passed over Infinite Space because you thought that it is a uh, a third-party case. Yeah, that former game exchange at like 21st and Sheridan. Sheridan. Yeah, Yeah, I think 21st and Sheridan. It was only there for like a couple months. And then... But yeah... Yeah, and they it turned out to be inf- the European copy version. of Infinite Space, and it was just the European copy. I yeah. don't, I even know what I was thinking. Like, I, I could swear I didn't really look at the cover either. I don't know that I even, I don't know, I don't know what I was I, doing. That's so I mean, long ago, I don't remember. But I mean, if I, I just wasn't thinking. I was just young and dumb, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there, and now, now I'm kind of reaching and, the phase where I'm getting and, old and, and dumb. You, and you loved the game. I mean, it's a super long RPG. You played it. You loved. It. I remember you raving yeah. about it. Like, yeah. like, what, yeah. what can you tell us about the game, there, Jeff? I mean, it is a uh, great uh, DS era. You have played it, haven't you? RPG. Like it. It's. It's like you a, have played it, haven't you? I mean, it's a. You know, there's there's just so so much like. What. I'm just I'm just really glad that I was able to get it after you yeah. you saw it. Yeah, um, I mean that in our <laughs> oh man, yeah. I think what we, whenever we went to GameStop last, no, yeah, we were talking about that sale. They had that four for twenty sale stuff like that yeah. going on, and we're talking about how much we had not spent at GameStop in a long time. I need to go over with you how much I've spent how how much I spent at GameStop during some years. <laughs> well, and Jeez. I mean. So I I did I made a post I think on Instagram about the I got well we we picked up Stranger Paradise, uh, Sega Genesis Classics and um, Judgment on uh, we just went to GameStop a couple days ago and snagged three games and I put a, a post up on Instagram just being like you know uh, it's I don't it's been a long time since I went to a GameStop and bought games. Um, and you almost did like two weeks ago so that was pretty close yeah and uh, GameStop ended up uh, commenting on the post uh, just saying something like "Uh, well we're glad to have you back and I was like if you sold more games if you focused on games more I would probably keep you at the forefront of what I'm thinking about buying games but you know, you got to have all those pop figures and all that wasted space for your computers that nobody, I have never seen anybody play. I've never. They're they're just Yeah, I've seen a couple people play use those before. They're they're just they're just tables to hold up the shirts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do I think it's a worthwhile investment <laughs> at this point? Mm, probably not. But I have but, seen people utilize those. Um so yeah, like it it, it would be interesting to kind of like I, I definitely don't chronicle my spending the way that you do. So it, it'd be interesting to see what your 
Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put it is. into a pie chart. <laughs> I, I can break it out by genre, by year, by month. Yeah, you know, it is. I mean, part of the reason I've done it too is, of course, you know, that's like the accountant in me. That's the person with OCD who has to get a, like any achievement that is reasonably possible. Um, but it's also fun to just go back and like whenever I did that a week or two ago, I said, okay, let me just sort only game like anything purchased at GameStop. And sort chronologically. So it was fun going back and be like, oh, that's when we went to Arkansas and Missouri. Oh, that's when we yeah. were over in Oklahoma City. Oh, that's when we went to Stillwater. You know, oh. so it's fun kind of having a memory lane like that. It would also be cool to see you. I, I, I don't remember all of this, the stuff that, that uh, we got when we went out to Vegas, but to like. Yeah, I've got all that archived. <laughs> but yeah, like just being able to go through and, and, and see. Because uh, I. Outside of earlier in the year when I, I re-upped my pro membership, which is, again, I, my pro membership had lapsed for like three or four years at that point. But I, I got back on the pro like membership thing because I, not only did oh, you get... did you use a gift certificate? Yeah. Okay. So I got the, like an eight terabyte hard drive. If you signed up, uh, if you renewed or if you signed up or renewed yeah. your, your pro membership, you got a $10 coupon plus the $5 that you just get for being a pro member. So I used both yeah, I of those you doing that. And, and got the, uh, an, an eight terabyte hard drive that was on sale for like 80 bucks, 90 bucks, something like that. Yeah. Like criminally cheap. I bought, I bought it too. And then I returned it. Cause I was like, when, after I got it, it's like, I don't need this. <laughs> I don't need this. Um, I, the thing that killed me on it is the external power required. Oh yeah. Like it's, that eight terabyte that's still that is a crazy good deal yeah like, uh, that's unbelievable that's why like i did the impulse purchase after you got yours like oh snap that is a super good deal but since i bought the the other external hard drive just before it's like no oh, <laughs> i don't need both I'll yeah. return that one. well and i i haven't even done a fraction like i i think i'm still oh, sitting at yeah. like because I, I primarily only use it for original Xbox 360 and Xbox One titles to keep the internal storage for uh, Series X stuff. Um, and I I think I've used like 0.8% of the storage available. Like Now granted, I don't have a whole lot of Xbox One titles because even though I had an Xbox One, I really never... I didn't really play a whole lot during that, that era, like... As far as like Xbox, um, well, yeah, you didn't really play a whole lot. You didn't really just play. You didn't play a whole lot on the Xbox. Yeah, like the the system just never. I I just couldn't find enough games that made me want to play the system, um, especially when having like a, a Switch and a PS4 where most of my game time was at. Um, yeah, you're not playing third party games on it. So at that point, you're only playing first party, and first party output was pretty dismal. Yeah, so um, with because I, I remember, like during the, the 360 and the PS3, like I started out with a 360 because there was just like there were games that I was interested in, um, like well, Blue they had Dragon, that big JRPG push, yeah, yeah, Blue Dragon, uh, The Last Remnant. Um, I mean, there was just and I and I guess not just a Lost JRPG Odyssey. push, but just J- Japanese in general because they also had a Katamari game. Yeah, they had Katamari, uh, Devil May Cry was brought yeah, to Devil Xbox. May Cry 4. Final Fantasy 13. 
Yeah. So like Microsoft was putting in work with with that era. Like I, I started with 360, jumped to the PS3, and then I kind of just stayed with the PS3 towards the end because uh, Sony finally. Well, I guess I started with PS3, and then I switched over to 360, and then. Uh, well, actually, I get so I guess I jumped a lot because you got the 360 first. And so I yeah. primarily played on on your 360, and then got a PS3. It was okay, like it had its struggles and stuff. Like there really wasn't much to play on it, and I got a 360, and then I started playing more on the 360 because the first Mass Effect was only on the 360. Um, uh, Lost Odyssey, Infinite Undiscovery, um, like oh yeah, Infinite Undiscovery. That one's backwards compatible. That's on my backlog. And like, but then the the 360 kind of like started to run out of steam as the PS3 was picking up steam, and then I just switched back over to PS3. Um, but for the PS4, Xbox One, like I I got an Xbox One shortly after launch because we were doing stuff for for PJ Gamers for like unboxing and just having it up at the store, and then I ended up just selling it to someone there because I was like I'm not playing it. Nobody really wants. Nobody at the store had any interest in it either. So I sold it, and then a year or two after selling it, I got another Xbox One um, from, oh, I actually got it from, from Microsoft, who was putting on, who had a booth at OVGE. Um, I, like, they gave it to the store, the store had no interest in it, and I was like, well, I'll take it, and still could not find games to play on it that I was interested in. Well, looking forward to the week ahead. Sounds like you'll be playing Miles Morales. Yep, I will be playing Miles Morales. I'm assuming you are probably going to finish Tunic pretty quickly. Um, I can't. Yeah. How long is that so game? So, tun- uh, it looks like it's like six to twelve hours. Um, okay. You know, and I'm already at the six hour mark. And like I said, I think I'm about a third of the way done, or a little more, a little under halfway. Okay. Um, but yeah, for me, looking forward to this week, I think I will be. Doing Osir's Wrath, I've got one more full playthrough to go. Um, it won't again; it won't be hard. This one I just completed was the hardest one, and only last couple bosses gave me difficulty. So I've got one more full playthrough of that, and that's only that's like two sessions. Honestly, it's like three hours. It's not long; just a matter of sitting down with a podcast and doing it. And then I'll have some achievement tro- uh, some achievement cleanup where I go back through and just basically get good grades on all the levels that I've any of them that I've missed. Um, so hopefully by the time we speak next week, I'll be done with Osir's Wrath. I'll have that fully completed. And yeah, I'll just be mainline in Tunic. I may have started Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> I'm chugging away at a, the P-Cross game, the Sega Genesis and Master Drive P-Cross game. That one's pretty dope. Yeah. And Solitaire. Well, um... One thing that just popped in my head, I I do wish that the Xbox was a little less cluttered with their menus as far as like getting to like the achievements and stuff. Um, yeah, I wish there was. I wish there was just more. As somebody who again like just enjoys and kind of compulsively has to collect the achievements and trophies, <laughs> I wish they were featured more prominently. It seems like, and I'm sure this is. I think this arch- this system is just the system menu and everything is just kind of based off what was done with the Xbox One. So it seems like probably from like the Xbox One era forward, they've just kind of made it less of a focus, less emphasis placed on the achievements. I, I wonder if we could trace your compulsive collecting back to your in your your development years with Pokemon. Oh, 
No, I mean, it goes back even further than that. Like, even as a kid, like, uh, <laughs> I got into stamp collecting and coin collecting. You had to have uh, them all. I mean, just everything. Just yeah, everything you had to have. I, everything. I've, yeah, I, that's just my personality. Like, even before Pokemon. Like, Pokemon just... Pokemon, you know, perhaps... No, I mean, again, this was all before Pokemon, so Pokemon just played upon those instincts rather than developed them. Okay, well... Um, so, yeah. But, I, I'm, but I mean, that's that's why I'm so much in love with the Pokemon franchise. Because it, it just... It, it feeds that beast of... Yeah, feeds of, the beast. And, and you've got Scarlet and Violet to look forward to later this year, so you're going to yep. be... Like, how many hours? LeChonk. LeChonk. How many hours have you small put into of, uh, small is another good Shield? One. Uh, over 700, I think. So are, I think are, 750 plus. Are, are you looking forward to doing that again with uh, Scarlet and Violet? No, I mean, it won't be <laughs> as drastic going forward because, I mean, it, I guess it will be as drastic going forward. Uh, you know, the only reason I've <laughs> I've put such an insane amount of hours in that is just because I've gone down the breeding rabbit hole. Um, oh, yeah. And you know, hatching with, eggs. With yeah, with red and blue, that was always my goal. You know, the gotta collect them all mentality was okay. My goal is to have my PC filled up with like one of each of the 151, 250 Pokemon, and then also to get them to like level 30 or whatever level they evolve at. So that's what I'd always done in like red and blue and gold and silver era. Yeah. And then that kind of came back with this game with Sword and Shield, just because. Um, for breeding Pokemon, for breeding like competitively good Pokemon, um, a lot of those stuff, a lot of those stats and st- stats and uh, mechanics had been obfuscated in previous games, and they really made it just so clear in this one that it's like, oh, you know, I can really do that. I can do, I can go down that rabbit hole. And so yeah. then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm just gonna like breed all the Pokemon in the Pokedex, and basically at the end. And also, you know, with Pokemon Home coming out and basically seeing being, okay, the evolution of Bank into Home, where I have this, like, one collection of all my Pokemon from the Game Boy Advance games forward, like, I, I can just picture, like, an encyclopedia of the Pokemon all stored in Pokemon Home. Like, oh, well, here's this one that I raised in this game. Here's this one I raised in this game. So going through and doing that, it's going. it's a big upfront cost, and that's what we're seeing in Sword and Shield, where... I've bred like probably close to 200 of the 400 plus Pokemon, but it's like, hey, unless there's a reason for me to, I don't have to breed uh, that Pokemon again. I mean, yeah. I will have to breed it again because they change the move sets with each game, so there's maybe a better, more up to date move set I could do. But for the most part, it's like, hey, I've got a level 100 uh, Boltund. I don't need to raise another one, or I don't need to focus on that. I can focus on other things. So yeah, I mean, it, it could perhaps continue with Scarlet and Shield or Scarlet and uh, Violet as long as they have the same sort of mechanics or even improved mechanics. Uh, but again, it's all an it's a big upfront cost to get to that yeah. that that vision I have in my head. So you've got a, a good good amount of games to probably finish off a good portion of the games uh, within the next week. Um, Miles Morales is probably going to take me a little bit to get through, and then uh, Stranger Paradise. I mean, both of those games are probably about 30 hours just to get through the, the game. Um, I'm not sure how like trophy hunting I will do. Um, Miles Morales is probably going to be easier to get the, the Platinum in that one versus Stranger Paradise, because 
Uh, Miles, I think, is uh, similar to the first Spider-Man, which really... The, the Platinum wasn't difficult in Spider-Man Remastered. And I think it's miles shorter as well, like kind of 6 yeah. to 12 hour range. Uh, I, I think it, it caps around like 16 to 20 um, just to just to get through the game. But uh, I would imagine, just based on some of the, the trophies that the uh, first game had. Main story is 7.5 hours, oh, according to how long to beat. Well, yeah, it looks like if you're going, if you're going completionist, it's like 17 and a half hours. Uh, okay, well then, yeah, I was I was thinking Miles so, Morales was going to be closer to like a, a overall like a thirty hour experience, but um, well that, that's yeah, good. I remember that, that one shorter. being shorter. I, I, yeah, I, and then Stranger Paradise was like seventeen and a half to forty five. Yeah, and I, I think that probably just plays down to like having to beat the game on the the hardest difficulty and that kind of stuff, but or um, or replaying, you know, if it asks yeah. for you to replay, like there's difficulty options and the trophies don't stack. Yeah, and with Stranger Paradise, to get the hardest difficulty in the game, you have to beat the game once already, and then it unlocks the hardest difficulty. So, Yeah, so it's probably definitely the thing where if you're going to go for the Platinum there, it requires at least two playthroughs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm, so, yeah, I mean, that a lot of times with games like that, that's usually where it's like, okay, I could realistically do this. And, you know, the only reason I'm doing it with Osser's Wrath is just because... I can do it in like three hours by skipping all the cutscenes, and like I said, just listen yeah. to a podcast. But with a lot of games, you know, I will, I will basically play on the next to hardest difficulty because I want to enjoy the game but still have challenge. And then in the back of my mind, like with all the Uncharted games, I did this. It's like, well, I will want to replay these at some point. Whenever I do, I'll just come back on the hardest difficulty and then get those trophies. Yeah. So it could be something like that with Stranger Paradise. Maybe you just beat it on that, like, next to hardest or normal difficulty, and then, like, 15, 20 years when you got nothing better to do, you're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I feel like playing Stranger Paradise. I don't know why. I just do. And, and then get the, the Platinum Trophy in that and shelve it again. Um, that's a, I, Well, and shelve it again, then play the remastered version. Yeah, because they'll, they'll definitely be a, a remastered... It's probably going to be like Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, Rebirth Have you heard this? again. Have you heard that Final Fantasy 17 they've started development, they're actually going to make it a direct sequel to Stranger of Paradise? Have you heard that? I, I, uh, I, have, not, I have not heard that, but uh, that uh, would, would not necessarily surprise me. Um, I mean... <laughs> What I would like to see is them to continue, like continue fleshing out Stranger Paradise. Like, make like there's so many spinoffs and some versions of Final Fantasy out there already. But it would be cool to see because Final Fantasy Origins, Stranger Paradise, focuses on Final Fantasy. Yeah, not one. not not Final Fantasy Origins, not the compilation of one and two on the PlayStation and Game Boy Advance. Not yeah. that one. Yeah, not not that one. Um, but with with Stranger Paradise, you know, it's focused on the first Final Fantasy, the the story leading into it, and then the expansions uh, start to take place, like in the lead up to the actual first first game. What I would like to see is Stranger Paradise, kind of be kind of take like Final Fantasy two and do Stranger Paradise with that, and then like Final Fantasy three and do Stranger Paradise with that. Just kind of this. Uh, Soulsborne clone thing for 
for all of the mainline Final Fantasy titles, just within those worlds and flesh out more characters and, and the story and stuff for those. I, I think that would be kind of cool to do, but uh, yeah, did not, didn't, didn't know anything about like a direct sequel, but uh, that would be interesting. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what the next week of our uh, gaming journey uh, goes for us to archive here on just one more podcast. And we'll 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 talk again later. Yeah, I guess I'll talk to you next Saturday. All right. <laughs> See you everybody.